T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I hold myself my campaign, and my position to the highest levels of integrity. I also believe in transparency, which is why I can confirm that the Department of Justice is reviewing my campaign spending on security services. Wow, that is our friend Cori Bush from the 1st Congressional District. The feds are looking at some of her campaign spending. Now, she was very defiant today. We're going to talk about this case as we get started. First, though, let me welcome back into the show after a few days off. Fred is so glad to have her back in particular. (laughs) Sue Thomas is here. Sue, how are you? I am great. Thank you. Took a trip to Houston to see your brother, Jeff. I know Jeff a little bit because I played golf with him, and you were nice enough to drop by my son's restaurant. He works at a restaurant that's really good down there, so we'll get a bit of a review at four. How does that sound? Okay, that sounds Sounds great. Because I'm interested in hearing all about it. But we are glad to have you back. The Hall of Famer's in the room as well. He gets inducted <laughs> on Thursday into the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame. Fred, yeah. uh, we're very excited about this. Sue and I get to yes, go there. We, we were hearing about all the hors d'oeuvres and the dinner and the the you know plans today. And Fred is taking Thursday and Friday off to prepare. I think this is pretty cool because I didn't know your kids, both of Fred's boys, and we've always had a little bit in common because their kids are kind of, my older kids right. are the same age, but they're coming in town for this, which is awesome. Yeah, one's flying in from D.C. The other's flying in from New York. Awesome. And i got to practice because now when I introduce him, it's always going to be just like Joe does to <laughs> Troy Aikman, the Hall of Famer, Fred Bottomer. I mean, but yeah. Let's go to Jeff City, though. Our friend Jeff Smith, former state senator, he was on the roundtable, I think, just last week, is going to kind of weigh in a little bit here on the Corey Bush investigation. How are you this afternoon, Jeff? I know it's busy in Jeff City. It is busy. It is busy. I'm good, although I am a little bit concerned by some of the stuff that you opened the show discussing. Um, in particular, Houston and Sue's visit there or other topics, just to be clear? Yeah, it, it appears that, that Sue, who I know is employed by uh, the station that employs you and, and works um, directly for you, you know, sort of uh, doing your show, appears to have taken some of the proceeds of her wages, spending them at the restaurant where your son works, ah, putting money into your family's pocket. That's a good point. Which, which is very similar to some of the allegations uh, that you want to discuss today. Around Congresswoman Bush. Yeah, so. nice try, Smith. Nice try. I, I do get your point, though. And I my ethics report will have full disclosure about Sue going to the restaurant in Houston squabble. Uh, but look, you I know, want to know if you browbeat her into going there. No, I didn't. Nope. No, she she wanted to. And actually, it's really like the um, just so people know, and I tweeted about this uh, and Sue knows this. It's uh, a restaurant called Squabble and the guy, the chef, Mark Clayton is his name, just nominated last week for a James Beard Award. So yeah, it's pretty uh, exciting. really, really nice place. But look, you know, there's something about the, the Cori Bush stuff that um, 
I'm not sure where this is going to head, but we don't know a whole lot. Now, this has to do with potential spending on security detail. And like all the media outlets now have some of the numbers that are out there. Jeff, we've talked about this before with Corey, too. And she's got what the boyfriend who's now the husband who's been compensated. So what what do you make of this just sort of from the outside right now? What we know is the Department of Justice has subpoenaed records from Corey Bush as part of this investigation. She confirmed that earlier today in her news conference. She did. She did. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a few different directions we can go in. First, I think we should talk, we should delineate between what might look bad and what would be illegal, right? Um, because I think what we've known previously is that she spent, uh, I think, over $600,000 between when she won the primary and February, I believe, of, of last year on security services, um, some of which uh, went to her husband. And all in all, I think there have been, you know, si- since she first won the primary, nearly a million dollars in, in security related spending. Um, again, not all of which, but some of which went to her husband. That's not illegal. You're allowed to employ a family member as part of your campaign as long as you're paying market rate or below for that person's services. So while that may look bad and it may not be a good thing if you're People who are donating you money learn that you're spending a significant proportion of it on your husband to provide security. They may not like that, but it's not illegal. What would be cause for serious concern uh, and and what it it may be that that the Department of Justice is looking into is whether in addition to campaign money being spent on a family member, there was actually taxpayer money spent on a family member. She denies that in the statement she gave today. Uh, she said that she was cooperating uh, fully. And so, you know, if everything she said today is the case, then then she shouldn't be charged. But we'll see what the DOJ investigation uncovers. To your point, here's Corey earlier. We are fully cooperating with this investigation, and I would like to take this opportunity to outline the facts and the truth. Since before I was sworn into office, I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety and life. As a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. Now, we should make it clear that the Congresswoman doesn't think that other people should have the right to defend themselves with firearms, but she wants to make sure that she's protected. Look, I don't think I've not seen the subpoena. Would the subpoena be a little revealing here or is it still going to be where we don't know a whole lot more information? I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of information uh, from there. But the, you know, the issue is if um, if there were any funds that are, you know, you have money for your office, right? And you're paying your receptionist and your legislative assistants and your comms people. You've got an office in your district and you've got an office in D.C. Um, if that money went to uh, security services that then, you know, paid her husband, then I think she's going to have a real problem okay. on her hands. Interesting. If the, you know, so I think, you know, a lot of the time something can look bad, something can smell bad, something can be a political problem, and the optics are terrible, but not be a crime. Once the DOJ gets involved, as I'm all too familiar with, then you got a real problem on your hands. It's never a good thing to have a federal investigation into you because 
it can lead to unpredictable places. Well, and let, let me just, before I let you go, um, let's shift into the politics of this. Obviously, she's up for re-election. Look, you, you were one of the names that you, some people were encouraging you to get in this race. Wesley Bell's in the race. I don't know if anyone else is going to get in, but obviously, potentially, this could help someone challenging Cory Bush in a primary, Jeff. What would you say about that right now? Well, of course it could. I mean, you know, when an opponent can say, she's dealing with a federal criminal investigation. Yeah, that's a powerful thing. And it's tough, you know, it's, um, let me say two things. Number one, it's a little bit tough for a Democrat to say, hey, this is a bogus investigation. This is fake news. The weaponization of DOJ. You know, because it's, yeah, because it's Biden's Justice Department. But a second thing, a corollary to that, it also highlights what BS it is for Donald Trump to say that when Biden's DOJ is going after everyone from Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey, the Democrat, to Cori Bush, you know, the, the rock star progressive, to Joe Biden's own son, Hunter. So Trump's charges of weaponization ring a little more hollow. Well, maybe. Each I, Democrat mean, I, I would say Trump's charges office. personally ring hollow, but the Hunter Biden thing, I, yeah. I'd separate into a different category. Look, I would like to have you, I know you're working in Jeff City on a lot of issues, but uh, Jeff and I had a conversation earlier today about um, the IP reform issue, the initiative petition reform, which has really clogged up the Senate, and you offered me great perspective. So I do want to have a conversation on that either tomorrow or Thursday, but I appreciate you chiming, here, chiming in here this afternoon, but i got to run to other things. But thank you. Mr. You're welcome, Jeff. man. All right. It was funny because when I was talking to him earlier, I, I don't know if I, I think we, it was a 10 minute conversation on the phone. I think I talked to him for about three minutes. The other seven, he had his phone basically in front of him and he was talking to other people who were hitting him up for different questions on lobbying. I I'm not you. even exaggerating. The guy like I asked him, I said, man, he you know, I, I was sitting on my couch in my jammies basically watching Fox getting ready for the show. And he's dealing with all these questions that are coming left and right. That's uh, that's foreign to me, Sue. I will tell you that. Yep. Uh, but we're going to follow the Cory Bush story. I there, there's a part of me, I don't know. I mean, I well, two things. Uh, I want this to be buttoned up on the part of the Justice Department. We'll see what they come up with oh, for sure. But in and I've said this before, and Sue doesn't like it when I say this. There there is a part of me that is going to miss Cory Bush if somehow this happens and she, um, you know, is caught in the crosshairs okay. so much where she's not reelected. Well, I. <laughs> She's the the gift that keeps on giving for Republicans. Yeah, except she's not for my district, and I'm in. Well, you her live in district. the city. Yes, yeah. please. Some people have made the Goodbye. case that you know Wesley Bell would be better than Cory Bush. I don't know about that uh-huh. either. But this is an interesting development. There's no doubt about that. It started breaking a little bit last night, picked up momentum. She did the news conference and the statement. We'll talk about it a little bit more with several guests this afternoon. In the meantime, Brian Kilmeade coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Show We get no tickets. Andy's got Jordan Peterson. Cox has got REO, Speedwagon, and Train. And what do we have? Uh, what do Bubkiss? we have here? Bubkiss? Yeah, we don't get anything. I don't know what the deal we is We got with Hall that. of Famer Fred Bottom. Well, that's actually a valid point, yes. Sue. There's no doubt about that. Kilmeade's coming up here in just a moment. i got to ask you about something because I'm, um, I'm guessing you would know about this. Uh, this is in the RFT, and I saw this on the X formerly Twitter. Big um, sinkhole at Bates and 55? Uh, yeah, here's what happened. Well, I don't know what happened, but at the bottom of the ramp, they've closed the ramp from southbound 55 to Bates. Right. And the actual cross street at the bottom of that ramp is Michigan. So Bates is still open, says Sue with the traffic hat. But uh, apparently they called it a pavement failure. And uh, I didn't realize how big it was. Is that what they really called it? Well, they called it. Oh, I have the picture of it here, and yeah, they, that, what did they, it wasn't a payment failure. A payment. I'm going to have to look that one up. So the um, the RFT says the chasm only adds to the annoyances the on I-55, which is under major <laughs> construction. Because yeah, about a month ago that thing yes. was supposed to be done, and then they delayed it. But uh, we'll continue to talk about that. I had not heard about that yet, so I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Three twenty-five. Uh, we have a Kevin Colleen sighting this afternoon. Our That's friend who I used heard. to be a Cam Wex, you know, he's working in St. Charles County. He's bringing Kurt Barr into the studio, who is the elections director in St. Charles oh. County. In just a couple of minutes, we got Sue's News. This is weird. With Sue after 4 o'clock right now, Mr. Kilmeade on the line for our weekly visit. Brian, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. We have uh, Corey Bush News. Have you picked up on that? She's under federal investigation. You know, it's really caught me by surprise. She seems so uh, on the straight and narrow as <laughs> someone who really didn't cut corners. Yeah. So this is really... You could have knocked me over with a feather. I know. Um, it, so, I mean, she needed, what, $700 million for private security because I want her to survive? I mean, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Well, uh, Miss Let's Defund the Police. And if you asked her right now, does she want to defund the police? The answer is yes, right? Absolutely. Oh, and not only that, it goes a step further. She wants to defund the Pentagon. The number one employer in her district is Boeing. And, you know, NGA, which they're building, National Geospatial Agency. So uh, this is what we get. But, you know, and I, I, Sue doesn't like it when I say it. And I said it earlier. There is a part of me that thinks that she's such a gift with all the rest of them. Tlaib came into town over the weekend and campaigned for it because she kicked off the campaign. Now, realistically, Brian, here's what it means politically. You have a couple of people. Wesley Bell, who's our St. Louis County prosecutor, already has announced challenging her in a primary. We, you know, she's only been in Congress a short time. The first time she defeated Lacey Clay in a primary, the next time there really was no, you know, serious challenger. But there there will be serious challengers. I mean, if this would have happened two months ago, Sue, I think even more so. For but sure. they're running out of time. So it is an interesting political story to look at uh, from a national perspective. We'll see where it takes us. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I would like to find out, like, for example, we have Mayor Adams. The FBI came up to him, took his phone. Now we find out his ties to Turkey. Then we don't hear anything about it. Nothing about it. So, right. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like to feel as though people are targeted. So come out and make it clear what the problem is. It's about our security. Don't go, don't go quiet for the next six months. Let's bring this forward. Look at Matt Gates. Some brutal things happening. Ethics investigation. What, what, what is the problem? I don't know. Well, they're investigating. About what? Now we find out. It nothing to do with Kevin McCarthy. He couldn't have stopped it if he wanted to. He never started it. But evidently, it's pretty serious, serious enough for Matt Gates to start looking for TV jobs again. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see where that that takes us as well. All right, so Brian, uh, so I don't know if you know this, had Nikki Haley this morning in the studio. Uh, Now's the time to hit their leaders. It's different. Don't go and bomb the what country. What about their infrastructure? The infrastructure in Iraq and Syria. You start with that first. You do the sanctions, and you take out a couple of their leaders. That's the way in you start. In their country? In their, if they're in their country, or you do like Soleimani when they left the country. She's talking, obviously, Brian, about Iran. Takeaways from that interview, Nikki's still trying to hang in this, and I, I don't know where she thinks it's going to lead her at this point. Well, I'll tell you what, she's pretty confident. She's got a ton of money. This is the big difference. Ted Cruz ran out of money. Mike Huckabee ran out of money. Um, and, and when it seemed the path wasn't clear... They're like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going into debt. I, I, the, one of the big mistakes that people say, I stay in too long, I go into debt, I don't get anything out of it, nor do I get delegates. And Rubio, too. Rubio lost his financing on Super Tuesday, and then by the time they get queued up for Florida, uh, you know, he's out. So I would say Nikki Haley is not done, and what she's doing is seeing uh, if she could close the gap like she did in New Hampshire. If she gets... If, if, if she's really trailing by 20 plus, and it looks like she is, um, according to 538, I think that's the most recent. She feels like if you give me four, she's like, if you give me three and a half weeks in my home city where I, where when I left to go to the Trump administration, I had 76, she said 76% approval rating. She goes, if I could start, you know, talking to these people again and getting out there in my town, in my, all these cities, and I can close the gap. And I said, what is closing it? She goes, better than New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire was 11 points. Then I'm staying through Super Tuesday, and then we'll see what happens because she said – I'm not sure if she said this on camera or not. I'm trying to think. His meltdown after New, New Hampshire were, was something that they really took into account. They couldn't believe how we lost it. And he said, if this guy's – he goes, when you act like that, you can't win the general. And that's what DeSantis always said. It's like the reason I got in is I knew he was still popular. But I thought it was pretty evident that he couldn't win the general. Then he's showing he can win the general. But she believes that when she saw him melt down like that in New Hampshire, he does that a few more times, he's going to be vulnerable. Well, and that's my yeah. said, So that's the key. That's my concern. It all always has been is the general and whether you can win because you can't change any of the problems that we're dealing with right now. If Biden and let's face it, Harris is going to be probably in there for the later part of that term. We don't know that for sure, but that's a possibility. So, um, you know, I can see those concerns, but I, I just think that everything you look at, she seems to be so out of step with the base of the party right now because Trump owns it. Well, yeah, I, I, so I, that's one thing I did say to her, too. I said. Um, because I agree with the foreign policy uh, uh, wholeheartedly, especially Ukraine. Uh, you absolutely have to push back in Ukraine. I have no idea what J.D. Vance is talking about. Uh, and and there's no question that I have no interest in Thomas Massey's foreign policy or Vivek Ramaswamy's foreign policy. And, you know, for the most part, I'm listening to these, you know, the stream right. Have your own opinion. Don't march with the, don't march your own drummer. You go do it. Now, Trump did not wait, does not weigh specifically in on this stuff yet. I'm sure he will eventually. What he said about NATO was not good. But other stuff, taxes, building up the border, um, you know, the stance on when it comes to spending. She has, she's actually an accountant. She feels as though that helps her a lot with budgets. We'll see if that works with the U.S. budget. But she does. You ever meet an accountant? They never stop being an accountant. So they, she has that she has that gene in her. My, my accountant, honestly, is in his nineties right now. I'm not yeah. even joking about and that. And he's on top of it, right? Yeah, or she? he is. Yeah. No, it's a, he, so. He so I'm just saying that this really not out of step. But I know the Trump. I said she's still conservative, and the Trump people hit me with a bunch of text messages. I go, yeah, 
How did she govern? No one thought she wasn't conservative when she governed. You know, was she? And I think we went over this already. But in 2016, it wasn't that bad of a thing to have business with China. People are like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? I'm not sure you should do that. You know, they're our enemy. No, they're our ally. They're our enemy. It was like debatable. You remember the free trade? Uh, the republics were free trade. You give us a free, you give us a level playing field, we'll beat you. Well, in fact, we'll, we'll spot you 20 points. We'll still beat you. Trump came in there and changed everything. So who's conservative? Uh, the new conservative, the new conservative principles, it's more Trumpian. So I don't, I don't think like you look at, you know, if, if you look at Joe Manchin, that's a moderate. Joe Manchin and Nikki Haley don't agree on a lot. So I think she's not, she's not pure tr- uh, Trump conservative, but I think that's unique. The bigger question that you had, which is right on the money, can she beat Trump and win over his voters? Because if you find a way to beat Trump and don't win over his voters, it's a, uh, it's a worthless nomination. Well, if you the next time you see Nikki, I need you to tell her that eight-year-old Alexa Reardon is on her side because we were watching this morning. We really were, and she's you know she asks questions. She's very inquisitive, and she says, "I think it's time for a girl to be president." So that that was her deciding factor. And let's face it, in, in, the reality of that is Nikki Haley is going to play better in a general election because Trump's alienated so many suburban women in particular. You can get him back uh, because Joe Biden's done a great job of saying, "I need anybody but Joe." But he's got, to, he's got to understand that when he attacks Nikki Haley, you're not hurting her feelings. You're, stop, you're making women her age think twice because you're not criticizing her policy. You're calling her bird brain, and you're commenting on her dress. That's just silly. It that, doesn't that's offend me. It doesn't offend Mark Reardon. But if we're, your job is to analyze, not, not, not take our own temperature. And I, I walk around, I say to people, is that by oh, the app really bothers me? Bird brain. By the way, it doesn't work on her because she's smart. It's not as if she's flighty. She's not Chrissy from Three's Company. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, what are you hearing about the specifics, or are you hearing anything about the specifics of the border bill that's in the works? Yeah, um, I think it's dead uh, without even reading it. Uh, but I've, I've gotten briefed three or four times on it. Uh, improves everything. But what's ruining it more than anything else is not Trump, it's Biden, and here's why. He just walked out to the choppers, which I agree with Dana Perino. Totally disrespectful. Oh, I heard her. Yeah, she was right about this. Yep. She's understanding right. It's so disrespectful. You go in front of a chopper and scream out one-word answers to world peace questions and a border bill that is our national security at stake. I need the tools in order to do my job. He just lied. Because his tools were remaining in Mexico. He had them. His tools were pressure on Mexico to put 20,000 Marines on their southern border. He undid it. He took all the pressure off all the Central American countries the first day he walked into office, then stopped the building of the barrier wall. And if you're not convinced that the wall worked, why do you think they're going out of the way to walk around and cut through it? It's a delay tactic. It's not foolproof, but it's all part of the process. Don't come. You can't stay. And he could do uh, 80% of it without legislation. Legislation makes it permanent doesn't allow another president to walk in and undo it. And when he said, I don't have the tools, he is lying. And if he is lying, how would, if I give him the tools, how do I know he'd even use them? Because there's too much discretion. And that's what got Senator Langford, uh, like, this is why it's taken so long. There's too much discretion in the bill. Did you read? But there's a lot of good things in the bill. Did that, you read the New York Times well, piece on all this today? 
uh, portions of it. It's interesting because they actually, you know, it's a New York Times piece, but they actually laid out some of the, you know, criticisms of Joe Biden, I think, in an effective way and how he kind of screwed this up for sure. And we have uh, I have Chris Clem coming up this night, this uh, evening at 525. As you know, retired chief border agent. He's amazing. And he's going to put this into perspective for us in the five o'clock hour. Um, do you have final question here? Is Tay this weekend on One Nation or the Saturday before the Super Bowl? How have you ran? Well, she's in Tokyo that day. So you must have her this weekend, right? I'm sorry. Who, who do you think I have? Taylor Swift, Brian. I'm, I'm just assuming. Oh. Well, you know what? I just don't. Uh, there's too many women on the show this week, and unfortunately, I have not told her yet. <laughs> so, as far as she knows, she's on. Uh, so, what I'm going to have to tell her is uh, someone's got to go. But I already book a Democratic uh, female pundit, so I'm not going to have her on. But how about this? How about one of their big moves is to try to get Taylor Swift to tweet for them? My goodness, after four years. If you need Taylor Swift to save you and get you another four years, you have failed. Yeah, I don't think that's even going to save him for sure. Um, have a great week, Brian Kilmeade. We will talk next week. I'll go get him, Mark. Thank you. I want to play this Dana Perino audio that he referenced because people should hear this. But first, this is what happens soon, in case you're not familiar. The president comes out before he gets on the uh, the chopper this morning, and it's super loud. You can't understand what he's saying. I do hold responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. So the question there was about Iran. Do you hold them responsible for the death of the three American soldiers? And we, we covered that extensively yesterday. But Dana came on during this, and obviously she's got some experience with presidents in the White House as communications director, just ripped into the, the whole staging of this. That's terrible to me. That's, that's terrible. If, if they at the White House communications office want him to make news and want him to take questions, do it in a way where the American people, our allies and our adversaries can hear him clearly. And then you won't get all the questions as to his mental capacities because you could actually hear him if he's being coherent. I'm just... I find it professionally insulting, as somebody who used to work there, that they think that this is good enough for the president to just to take a question like that when you can't actually hear him above the rotating blades. The other day, he was at the Nowhere Coffee Company. He answers a very important question about troops that have just been killed. It's not good enough. You go, Dana, and I think she's right yeah, about that. There's no is. doubt. It, in, you know, he does not put himself into the position to answer these questions one-on-one nearly enough. That's one thing that you can say about Trump, too. That, that, and there's so many distinctions. And we're going to talk to Sean Spicer about some of this. He's got great perspectives on all this. He's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour on 97.1 FM Talk. Here's something different. Sue's News will be performed by Sue today. Yay! We haven't done that Question in a few mark. days because she's back from Houston. Fred is so relieved. Fred did such a nice job. I listened to one of them. I thought he was great. He does a great job. He gets a little, uh, gets a little wor- worked up. It's not his, you know, wheelhouse, if no. you will. So he feels a, a little outside of um, <laughs> regular, the regular confines of his job. But he's a Hall of Famer for a variety yeah, of reasons. Is. There's no doubt yes, about that. Batya Angar Sargana is coming up, opinion editor of Newsweek. She's one of my favorite guests all the time. Every time Batya's on, and I call her one of my uh, favorite reform liberals. And uh, I, I get comments, you know, some guests you get comments about, right? And we have high caliber guests on this show. But whenever Batya's on, you know, lighting the fire, people respond to her for sure. Oh, so yeah. I'm looking forward. And we're going to talk about, you know, the thing about Batya is she, she's really dialed in, not unlike Selena Zito, who's another regular national correspondent, into the, the working class appeal of Donald Trump. And there's a really interesting column today by a guy by the name of Rye Texera, who is a Democrat consultant, essentially. But he's been the guy, and I've cited Rye's work several times in the past couple of years. He's the guy out there 
trying to shout at Democrats, and I hope they're not listening, that you guys have lost the working class in ways that you don't even realize, even worse than 2016. So Botch is definitely tied into that, and she'll share some thoughts after Sue's News. we got Spicy, Sean Spicer on the show tonight, and I'm really looking forward to talking with Chris Clem at 525. He is a 27-year... Um, Chief Border Patrol agent. He's not 27 years old. He did it for 27 years and really was um, in charge of a lot of things down at the border, both in Texas and in Arizona. He's going to join us in the five o'clock hour. Right now in the studio, we have the elections director for St. Charles County. Kurt Barr is with us in the studio this afternoon. They're looking for some help on elections. So we thought we'd visit with him. Kurt, how are you? Welcome to the, the studio here. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I was trying to remember because I, I believed, and I think you confirmed that we had met maybe at one of the 97.1 FM Talk events, but we appreciate you coming in here. And it's interesting, just a little background. This may be inside baseball, but we have a former colleague, our friend Kevin Colleen, who became a regular part of my show, not only when I was on KMOX, but also here because he was a news reporter on KMOX for decades. And then lo and behold, he goes to work in... in Kurt has a news release here because you were kind of spreading the word, and we're going to do that in a second. And it says, it's so weird to me, Kurt, I'm just telling you, media contact, Kevin Colleen, <laughs> managing director of communications. Yes. And it has this, should we just give his phone numbers out on the air here? No, no. How is just it working with Colleen? Yourself. Let me start with that. Oh, it is great to have somebody of his caliber helping with communications for St. Charles County. He is a unique man, though. Yes, isn't he, he is. I don't know if you've ever had, he, he's a deep thinker, which mm-hmm. is something I always mm-hmm. liked about Kevin. And he was the guy, you know, this, this is the tough side of it for me, and I say this seriously is that there are I was going to say there are not enough Kevin Colleen's in the media there aren't Kevin Colleen's in the Correct. media in the legacy media there's a few people out there I don't know this Mark Maxwell guy at Channel 5 but he seems to want to ask tough questions but I always um, hearken back for you know the days where reporters were asking tough questions of everyone and Kevin was really good at that Kurt I'm sure you know that he asked really good questions to help me get the word out about you know, elections and, and voter integrity and the need for more poll workers. And it's great to have somebody who's not a technician to, to say what actually resonates with people. And right. right. I, well, I, and he knows the media very well. So let's segue into that. Nice pivot, by the way. He's a politician. He's I can good. tell. He's good. Hey, we gotta, hey Reardon. Quit blabbing. We got to talk about why that's, I'm here. That's what I. Mm-hmm. I know it happens though, Sue. It I, does. I, I believe. Kurt, me, I why understand. are you here? Share with the world why you're here because this is important. We kind of like to highlight this when elections take place. You need poll workers, right? When elections take place, we need poll workers. Absolutely. And today is National Poll Worker Recruitment Day. I don't huh. know who who decided that, but today's the day. And is there a flag for that particular occasion by any chance? I am unaware of a flag. Okay. But I should look into that. Yeah, you Maybe, should. It'd be nice to we should to develop find that flag. one. And so, um, you know, we're just making people aware that not only in St. Charles County do we need Republican and Democratic election judges, but in St. Louis City, St. Louis County, the whole metro area, each of the election authorities, we need poll workers. And you guys got all together, all the different, um, the county and the city, you got together with, with an effort today, We, we got together with an effort to, to raise awareness to this. And, the, and one of the things that we also raising awareness is... Uh, in uh, 2022, the legislature changed the rules just a little bit. You still have to be a registered voter in Missouri to be a poll worker in Missouri, but you don't have to be a poll worker in your county or in the, the city of St. Louis. You can oh. cross the river. And so, well, so I think I knew that. So Republicans. Oh, can maybe now, I did know that because that, that like you said, that was a change, right? It was, yeah. it was a change. And, That's right. And so now Republicans can go from St. Charles County into St. Louis County and work the polls oh, there great. and vice versa. Democrats can come into St. Charles County and, and help us out so that we have a bipartisan uh, number at all of our polling places. Can I ask something? Kurt, no, ha- you may not, you. Sue. You were gone for three days, disqualified. Go ahead. Kurt, how do you become one? Do I call somebody? If I want to work the polls, how does that work? How do I no, get that, in touch that, with you? 
That is a great question. And the, there's a couple different ways. You can just call the office and say, hey, I want to be a poll worker. We'll sign you up. You can go to our website, and there's the, the form right there to do that. And then the Secretary of State's uh, website, not only can you register or update your voter registration on the Secretary of State's website, but you can sign up to be a poll worker. And then you know, no matter what county you're in, and it will send your, your request oh, to, the, to nice. the home county. So anybody who's a St. Charles County resident, that, that request will come into St. Charles County. I don't know that we're going to help you with this aspect of it, but you, you're kind of mentioning this, and I know we always talk about this in terms of it has to be bipartisan. You, for example, in St. Charles County, you need Democrats, right? We need both, but we have a larger need for Democrats, yes. I can't help you with that, Kurt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 97 can't help you with that. But, <laughs> well, that's true. You really can't. can't you? But they probably need Republicans in the county and the city, yes. St. Charles, or St. Louis County and St. Louis City, they need Republican. Okay. Thank God you can cross over in the city. There's like three, when I lived in the city, I was one of three people. They did some research. There were like three Republicans, Sue. That was it. <laughs> you might have been the other one. I don't know. Um, one thing that I would ask you about all this is because- I don't even know if I know all the details. We don't have a primary in Missouri we, for the presidential primary. It's a not, caucus now, right? We do right? not have a presidential primary. We have a caucus. And so the Republican caucus is March 2nd, and the Democratic caucus is March 23rd. And so you have to go. Each county is running their caucus a little bit different. In St. Charles County, our caucus is going to be at uh, Francis Howell North High School on Highway N. And then the you know all the Republicans will meet there at you know check in by eight, eight o'clock. Starts at ten o'clock. Doors close at ten o'clock. And then it goes till it goes. And the the caucus process is fun because. You basically kind of like you stand in this corner if you're for Trump, you stand in this corner if you're for Nikki or if whatever, whoever else is on the show. And then you basically, as long as somebody gets over 15 percent, they get a like a delegate pool for the, the state convention, and the national convention. Um, and then the, uh, the Democrats, I'm not exactly sure what their rules are, but it's a similar process. But the other thing that's important about caucus that most people don't know is that's also where the party decides on the party platform. So if the if you want to make changes to the party platform, it's the caucus process that that happens. So it is when you said Francis Hall, that is where the St. Charles caucus is. That is where the St. Charles. Every county will have a different location. Every county has a different location. Uh, St. Louis County has a couple different locations because St. Louis County is just so large. Uh, but yeah, St. Charles County it is at. Uh, Francis Hell North. I'm not a fan of, of that change that the legislature made. I'm really not. I think that that takes away, you know, participation um, from voters. So I'm not. But it is what it is. And I think yeah. there's already. By the way, there's already discussion going back the other way, right? Oh, there there is. There was a bill last year. There's a bill this year to, to change it to go back to the primary. I suspect that within four years from now we'll have the the primary again, and the election Thank authorities you. will will run those primary elections again. Uh, the biggest problem that election authorities had was that having a March primary and an April municipal right next to each other was a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we were asking for is, well, make the two elections the same date. Well, that yeah. would make it a lot a lot easier. And that was a, a change that, that in uh, 22, the legislature didn't want to do. So mm. then, to, to, to your point on that, the next election that we're really talking about would be in April, right? April 2nd, yeah. the municipal election. Yeah. And, and then and, after that, it would be the August primary, unless, I mean, there is a scenario that exists out there that the governor could call a special election on some of this IP stuff. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that that's at least something that's possible. But if not, you're looking at August for the next round, right? Correct. Yeah, August 6th for the primary, for 
for governor and all the other uh, state races. And then November 5th is the presidential election. Awesome. Uh, re- refresh me. So you have one more thing? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you get paid to be a poll worker? Oh, that's a great yes, question. Yes, you do. So that is a paid volunteer position. And the city of the county, St. Charles County, we all pay slightly different, but it's it's roughly 200 to $250 for a poll worker for the day with some extra money for hey, training. that's not bad. That really is not right? bad. That's no, it's pretty it's, good. It's about 15 bucks an hour for the training and for, for the long for a long day, so it's it's pretty good pocket money for a one day voluntary. What what effort. is what are most people if they volunteer are they the people when you go up to vote? There's a line of people you have the you, you know A through C or whatever it is with your names, and then they sit there they look you up and they check. Is that basically what people would that, be doing? That that's the yeah that's the job. So they're the people they they show up first thing in the morning five o'clock get everything set up get everything ready to go. Then they're they're processing the the voters throughout the day you know checking them off making sure that they're a registered voter giving them the correct ballot and then they. You know, make sure the whole process is done by Parson. And then, yeah, they, they bring all that back to the election authority for tabulation. All right, I got an offer for you here because I think I'm qualified. I mean, I can cross over. I'm in St. Louis County, but I can come to St. Charles County. I would just, can, can you designate me, designate me, and I know that this exists. I just want to be the guy that hands out the, um, the I voted sticker and then watches as you put the ballot in the machine. Because I don't think I could do all the rest of it. Plus, I get angry at people. So if you could just assign me to that position, I'd be in. Think uh-huh. about it. Yeah. There might be a negotiation here. I might need 16, 16.50 an hour, Kurt. But what? you take it back to Steve. You are a nightmare. <laughs> you take it back to Steve Elman and you say, look, Reardon's in if and see if you can arrange something. We'll yeah. just kind of go from there. We got a little time to work with, right? Yeah, sure. Well, we, got, we got time. Yeah, nine yeah. weeks. So when people, they should just go to the website. What's the St. Charles County one or anyone you could throw out there? I know you said secretary. What, you know. So the secretary of state's website is sos.mo.gov. That's where okay. you can go to register online or update your voter registration online. You can go and register to be an election judge there. And um, But then the St. Charles County Election Authority is sccmo.org. And then just look for the- Or Google it. Or Google, <laughs> which yeah. might be well, the best thing. I'm telling you, the first one was easy. SOS.mo.gov. That one is easy. That's, yeah. a, that's a very easy one. Yeah. And the good thing there is if you've moved, you can go there. You can update your voter registration online with a tablet or, or smartphone. And then uh, that goes directly to the local election authority to update your voter registration. Ah, technology with that. That that sounds great. Kurt Barr, awesome to see you in person here. Thank you so much for uh, coming by. Send our regards to Mr. Colleen and to Mr. Elman. I haven't talked to him in a while, and we'll uh, see you soon. Keep us posted on all this. All right, we'll do. Thank you. We got Sue's News coming up after the top of the hour. I actually have a really interesting Bob Odenkirk story to share okay. before Sue's News. Batya Angar Sargon from Newsweek at 425. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 